atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow American Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for May the 7th in the year of our Lord 2020. This is our two of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Rejecting revolution, standing for peaceful restoration, that's who we are. LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Check it out. Spread the word. Tell the tale of liberty everywhere you go, ladies and gentlemen. Last hour, we had Brian Rust, RustQuinnandGift.com with us. We had Kirk Crosby. We were talking about money and finance and fun and a lot of people doing some phenomenal things in America. We talked about the fact that today is National Prayer Day. America, it is time to pray. That's a phenomenal news story. We also talked about the Irish gift story. If you haven't heard, the favor is returned to the Native Americans. Yeah. Anyway, bottom line is there's a uh, camaraderie is between Native Americans in America and the Irish. And you say, what? Yeah, back in the day, in the 1800s, when the potato famine was going on, the Native Americans gave a lot of support to the Irish. Uh, the Native Americans just came off the tail of tears scenario, so they knew what suffering was like, and they helped out. Well, now the favor is being returned by the Irish to the Native Americans because of the coronavirus. What a phenomenal reciprocal story of uh, caring for one another as God's children. Just delightful stuff. And then we talked about this Texas Attorney General who is named Ken Paxson, who's doing a phenomenal job. He is calling for the immediate release of jailed Salon owner, uh, Michelle, or Shelly, I guess her name is. And then you got Eric Moyer, who's the judge there. This guy's a thug. Anyway, then we went on and talked about Sammy's Mexican Grill, which is in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, and President Trump is promoting and thanking Sammy's. The owners of Sammy's appeared on the stage with President Trump in Phoenix. And then Trump tweeted about Sammy's Grill, and now the place is packed. Just interesting stuff, to say the least. Uh, the good sheriff down there near the Phoenix area. Did you uh, or do you go to Sammy's, Sheriff? Well, I think I need to. Yes, you do, sir. <laughs> I'm I'm about ready to go to Dallas, Texas, and go to that salon for that Shelly uh, Luther. Yeah, amen to that. We'll get to that in just a second. But this story about Sammy's is tremendous. You know, they want to say President Trump's not really genuine. He's really a racist. He just wants to use this for propaganda to help him in the election. But I don't agree with that. You can't always make everything political. He's just He went there to Sammy's to support uh, the Latino community, to support restaurant, you know, it, restaurants in general who probably are suffering the most. Uh, under this lockdown, etc., he went there. He fed a bunch of healthcare workers, paid for the bill himself, trying to help the healthcare workers. You know, you can say this is all political, but I say, you know what? I'm not here to debate the politics of it. I'm just here to look at the fruits, and say, look, we're working together as Americans. We're supporting restaurants. We're supporting the health uh, workers who are suffering just as much as anybody else in this pandemic. And I think a lot of good has been brought to Phoenix by the appearance of President Trump. Uh, I just don't see how we make this always political. Oh, you can never do anything for a good reason, Sheriff. And, and I reject that notion. Yeah, uh, I do, too. And when uh, Barack Obama came here, he ate at a Mexican restaurant. And well, good for I, him. He ate, at, he ate at Macayos. And uh, everybody just said, hey, it's good to see the president. Why can't that be just good to see the president? 
Well, and why can't that be what it is, though? Hey, he went and supported restaurants who need it dearly, <clears throat> who need the support dearly. Why can't it be, hey, the president was able to, to help uh, several health care workers or whatever. I think it was like 147 of them that got fed or whatever. Why can't we focus on those things? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I, <laughs> well, with today's media and today's politics, uh, they're just not going to allow that. But I can't stand it, though. Set this aside on prayer day, please. Yeah, maybe they ought to pray about it. Oh, good point. Anyway, did you realize it was prayer day, sir? Uh, yeah, I heard something about it yesterday. First Thursday in May, bro. Prayer day. It's been that way for, I think, 69 years, they say. Oh, uh, well. Even longer than you've been alive, buddy. Uh, barely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I'd like you to uh, to encourage you to go to Sammy's. Tell me how good it is. Next time I uh, appear in Phoenix, I'll go to Sammy's and go in and thank him and say thank you so much for, uh, you know, all that you guys do uh, and stuff like that. All right. We must sadly go to this story. I don't understand what the heck's going on in Texas. So you got this lady, <clears throat> as far as I understand, um, and she literally says, look, I've got employees that are going hungry so they can feed their children. Her name is Shelly Luther, and she owns the salon, and she's just like, listen, I have no choice but to open. I cannot let my employees go hungry when they're struggling to feed their children. And so I'm going to open up my salon. I know the court order, whatever the government edict, mandate, whatever you want to call it, says I can't, but I'm going to. I'm going to practice all social distancing guidelines. I'm going to do my very best to be safe here, but I've got to open. And so she does, and they literally arrest her and toss her in the clink. So she gets out of the clink from the first offense, if you will, and the judge says, hey, if you get on your knees and beg me for forgiveness and beg me and state that you're wrong, and then I'm going to let you go. Otherwise, I'm going to toss you in the clink for being selfish. For, and she basically stood like, in my opinion, the modern face of the open movement, a hero, Sheriff. And she said, you know what? I'm not being selfish. This is about my employees and their ability to feed themselves and their children. This isn't about me. I will not grovel. And the thug judge tossed her in the clink again. Now you've got even the Texas attorney general um, calling for the immediate release of jailed Dallas salon owner, Shelly Luther. And I guess the thug judge in this case is named Eric Moyer. And this is out of control, Sheriff. Yeah, it is. And uh, I've been proud to, to watch her this whole time as this whole thing has unfolded. Uh, when she tore up, a, I guess, a warrant that uh, the police uh, delivered to her or a cease and desist order uh, that was delivered to her by the police. Uh, and she was never rude to them, She was, but she was very emphatic with her civil disobedience. And uh, I compare her to modern-day Rosa Parks, uh, standing firm for her rights, uh, totally uh, within her rights. And, uh, yeah, I, I uh, think she's one of the most amazing stories of our time. Now, here's the interesting thing. There's two levels to this, in, in my opinion on this. 
the first level is, hey, does the government really have the authority to just mandate lockdowns? And experts tell me from all over the country it violates the, the Constitution. It also violates states' constitutions. They don't literally have the right. You could say they've been given tremendous power in recent decades when there's a national emergency or an emergency declared. I understand that they play those games. But they don't have the right just to set aside law. They don't have the right just to make law from the wrong branches of government. Or they don't have the right to create regulation from, from agencies. It's, okay, There's bodies that make law in America. There are checks and balances. There's a proper way to do things. And any way you look at these laws, they've simply violated or circumvented um, the proper checks and balances that are what really uh, the rule of law in America are. And so I look at this and I go... The first problem is, do they even have the right to mandate she shut down? And then if she doesn't, they arrest her. That's question one. Then on top of that, though, this kingmaker thug judge decides he's going to go on a whacked out power trip and literally say, you better grovel on your knees before me. Where are the women's livers now? I mean, this is out of control at so many levels. It's beyond discussion almost. Yeah, you would think, Sam, that uh, that that would happen. Uh, but also, he's black and she's white. Should we make this a racist issue also? Would he be doing that to a black woman that did the same thing? Sadly, it's a fair point. You don't want to go there, but you almost have to in today's environment of, of well, politics I, uh, and anger and hatred and division. Around, I guarantee you they, were go, they would be all going there. Uh, for sure. Yeah, but so. And, and I don't know if there's a racial component or not, but I know this, though. Does the judge, even if you say he has the right to uphold the law, does he have the right to then go back on a power trip and say, if you don't you know, bow and, and no. grovel before me, I'm going to toss you in the clink again because we differ in opinions? No, was, yeah, and that was really crazy from him. And the whole thing is ins- insane, uh, no matter which way you look at it. I will say something uh, maybe a little bit against her. Uh, and I would say this. I think that using uh, the starving card or the everybody, you know, kids are going hungry card, I think that's a little bit theater. Uh, I don't believe that anybody's going hungry. Uh, could that happen? Yes. And could uh, could it be that, that, that it'll get that to that point? Do these people need the money? Of course. Are kids sitting home without any food? I really sincerely doubt it. Uh, there's other family members and other people with, that would make that n- no way. And in fact, all schools are offering food. In fact, I think twice a day, a lot of them, um, and they're giving food away. Uh, that they, there's too much there that they have. But the point is still this: they need the money. They need to pay their bills, and whether how uh, how great the need isn't the point. She owns that business. She has a right to her property and a right to her pursuit of happiness. And nobody, especially this judge, nobody in this country, especially in government, is addressing these fundamental issues except the lieutenant governor of Texas and now a little bit uh, Paxton, the AG. But I, I really, uh, over the weekend, I tried to uh, reach out to... Uh, Dan Patrick, the lieutenant governor. I've met him before. All right. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. Stay there, Sheriff. Just so you know, though, there's a lot of stories saying because of the coronavirus pandemic, the Brookings Institution and others are announcing that, you know what? Hunger for children is at an all-time high in America. Liberty Roundtable Live. 
years old. I'm sitting here in the corner having a time out until mom comes to talk to me. All I did was cut my sister's hair. I was just trying to help. I guess mom didn't like how I did it. In a minute, she'll be back and ask me if I know what I did was wrong. Maybe I shouldn't have cut her hair. And she'll say we all make mistakes because we're just learning about stuff. And she'll give me a hug and we'll end up talking about more stuff. No matter what you talk to your kids about, love is what they'll hear. I really like Mom's timeouts. And I think she likes them too. Yeah, I think they help her remember how much she loves me. A thought from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Visit us at mormon.org. Abby Johnson was once director of a Planned Parenthood clinic in Bryan, Texas. After a moral crisis, she quit, and now she campaigns against what she once endorsed. They implement abortion quotas in all of their clinics. What do you mean quotas? You have to perform a certain number of abortions every month. Um, one of the reasons that I left... Are they explicit about that? Yes. It's, it's in your budget, right there on the line item. Uh, one of the reasons I left Planned Parenthood was because uh, in a budget meeting, I was told to double that abortion quota. And for me, as someone who had spoken to the media and had said, you know, we're about reducing the number of abortions, we're about, you right. know, prevention, all of these other services, I was shocked. So to since this. you actually worked at a Planned Parenthood, give us some sense of the relative number of abortions. Okay, abortions, Planned Parenthood provides over 330,000 abortions a year. They are the largest single abortion provider in our country. So how true it all is, I don't know, but the Birking Institution and other research coming out just recently this week is saying, hey, about a fifth of children are going hungry in America, partly because of poverty, job loss, the coronavirus, all mixed together. They say 17 plus percent of mothers with children age 12 or under uh, say their offspring are going hungry, not enough food. And they say it's clear that uh, young children are experiencing food insecurities, um, say these lead researchers. So I don't I don't know the truth just because I don't you know, I'm pretty sheltered. I live in Utah. I don't see, I think I have a lot of money, but I certainly don't have food insecurity. Although I did go to the store yesterday and there wasn't any meat and it kind of ticked me right off. What's going on with that? But anyway, I digress. Sheriff, this is a serious issue, though. And, you know, maybe she's using a card there or maybe it's really true. And it, I admit that it's possible. Uh, uh, I certainly haven't uh, seen it for many of our kids at school, or that, you know that I I have hundreds of kids, uh, over a hundred kids that I work with right now. And um, my daughter goes to the school and gets food every day, and they don't need the food at all. The reason she does it is it gives them a chance to get their homework done while they're waiting in line. And uh, it also gives them something to do to get out of the house. <laughs> and uh, uh, so uh, I am aware that the schools are offering food every day uh, all across the country. It's a national program. And uh, so I, let's just put it this way. I, I doubted that, and I still do. However, I think Shelley Luther is one of the greatest people of our time. I totally support every single thing she's doing. 
for her to go to jail for this, like I said, she's a modern-day Rosa Parks. I love the story of Rosa Parks. I think it's one of the most amazing stories in our history. December 1st, 1955, I was three years old, and she was arrested for not giving her seat to a white man. For this lady to go to jail for uh, just trying to do the, her pursuit of happiness, to control her own property, and this just is a, a typical sign of government. When you get a judge and his pride gets going, it reminded me of Sam Gerard because Sam Gerard wouldn't apologize uh, when uh, he was before Judge Danny C. Reeves. And these judges think that that black robe makes them king, as you alluded to, and uh, they, uh, they usually win the pride fights. And this was a pride fight. And so, of course, the judge abuses his position in power and throws somebody in jail. And this is an outrage. But I also think, and let me take this one other step for uh, Shelley Luther. I think she's a very strong-willed person. I think she's a brave American patriot. I think she's a wonderful businesswoman. And that's where I think she's going to win out here. I think she's going to uh, laugh all the way to the bank on this. Because I think, just like my wife and I were talking, if I was near Dallas, I would be heading over to her salon. I would wait in line all day to go to her salon because I want to support her. And I, I'll bet you this really ups her business. And uh, she's getting so much free publicity on this that I don't think she's going to be able to take all the business she's going to get. Wonderful. Well, and here's what I would say, though. What are we going to do to this judge to create accountability, though? I look at Sam Gerard's case. We'll talk about him in a second. Grateful, grateful, grateful he's free. But anyway, we'll get to that in a second. But the judge literally did the same thing to Sam Gerard, which is, hey, you got to admit you're a thug and you had bad salve and that you're wrong and that you can't do this. And and Sam Gerard's just like, wait a minute. You know what? You can put me in jail for what you think, but I'm I'm true to my beliefs and who I am and what I'm doing and. Uh, so the judge didn't like Sam's attitude or unwillingness to cave or grovel. Well, this judge is doing the same thing to this lady. This has yeah. got to stop. Yeah, th- these judges r- literally believe sitting on that bench is a is a throne, and their black robe, which that judge was wearing in this particular case. I don't know if you uh, saw the judge or, or somebody told you about the judge. He was wearing a big old long black robe. And uh, he thinks that's uh, his kingship. And uh, these judges do not look uh, past their own pride. And Danny C. Reeves did it, and, and I, was, I was the one that addressed it. I told uh, Sam Gerard's son, if he'll apologize, he's only going to get a few months, uh, maybe at the most a year. And he talked to his dad, and he came back and told me, he says, he's not going to apologize because he didn't do anything wrong. I said, I know that. He has done nothing wrong, and he's innocent. If he wants to get less time, though, he could lie and go ahead and apologize. He said he won't do it. Well, so and Shelly's the same way, though, right? What the same way? Shelly, this lady. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, she's literally saying, look, we can disagree. But I'm not being selfish. I'm just not going to follow your, your your political view. I, okay? And this is a throwdown over opinion. 
And this guy's literally destroying liberty on his opinion because he's on a whacked-out power trip. This guy needs to be impeached and go to jail, sir. Well, yeah, I'd like to see – I'd really like to see Paxton, the AG, try to remove him, do something to remove this guy from office. And then you'd be setting an example to the, the other thug judges. And, uh, you know, Paxton really should make this a an educational opportunity for all judges in, in the state of Texas. You do not act according to your own pride. You act according to law. And everybody's realized these executive orders are not law. These were not passed. And, and some, uh, like the, uh, who was it? One guy out in California that I've been working with right now, uh, with a, yeah, in fact, it's in, uh, no, it's not in uh, California. It's in Washington. It's in Spokane. And uh, he, he, uh, they got an opinion from the uh, county attorney regarding uh, the stay-at-home orders and executive orders in times of emergency. And that, yes, the governor has the authority to declare an emergency. But what it doesn't list is how he has to still stay within the Constitution. And it, it just says this attorney for the county is just saying, oh, yeah, he, he can do anything he wants, and it is law, and they can be enforced, and people can go to jail. And, uh, you know, and that's that's the big mistake on all of this, is that everybody's giving these uh, executive orders the color of law. And they're like, like they really, okay, so then what can't the, the governors do then? I mean, they could literally say, okay, that family, you need to move into that home. We're going to move everybody into homes so that we can be more economical. And and this person, you will work for him for free. And I mean, they could do any of this and literally enslave us, not just hold us in homes, but enslave us. And uh, the, the uh, totalitarian authority that the, some of these governors have assumed uh, is just astonishing. And I still go back to Trump. If they would just follow his example, but they're too busy hating Trump uh, to watch an example, that he's been measured and fair, and he hasn't issued orders to anybody. And and this is this is really uh, a, a dichotomy, especially if uh, politically, if you look at this, uh, the thuggery going on with some mayors and judge and ju- and judges and governors. And then compare that to what Trump is doing when he's just trying to make guidelines. Well, and and it's wise to make guidelines. It's wise to be cautious. When you cross the line, though, is when I kind of have a problem. When you violate the supreme law, when you violate state constitutions, when you lock down so hard you basically release criminals because, A, you know what? We had a social distance in prison, so you release criminals, and then you arrest people like Shelley or Sam Gerard, or yeah. you have lost your mind, Sheriff. I know. We have lost uh, absolutely what little left of our sanity. We have just totally flushed it down the toilet. Oh my gosh! You know, and and maybe maybe that's an overstatement because the judges that do this still right now have been few. And where I where I really give the compliment is to the sheriffs of the country. They're not allowing this to happen. And and whoever served uh, Shelley Luther, the papers, 
those are the cops that should have been backing off. Uh, the cops that were going after the mother at, at the trailer park she lived in because her daughter was playing outside with a neighbor girl. Uh, those cops, uh, luckily, are the exception because they were thugs and they were stupid. Uh, and, and, and so I'm hoping that people will start really jumping on board with the good sheriff. And ladies and gentlemen, we don't need to be belligerent. We do need to be cautious. This is a deadly virus. Let's be honest about it. You know, debate the origins, debate the politics, but it is serious, and we ought to take it seriously. But we also need to get back to life. We also need to get back to opening up society and the economy. It must be done, ladies and gentlemen. Set aside the tyrants. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman of the Good Sheriff. We got to celebrate. Uh, you know what? I'm not really uh, happy about a lot of the things with relation to the coronavirus. It's a horrible situation. And I get that leaders are in a, in a bind. You know, do they open up too fast and then get deaths blamed on them? I mean, they're in a very tough spot. I'll be the first to openly uh, admit and acknowledge that. But I would let them understand that using the supreme law of the land and state constitutions and proper checks and balances, that should be their guide. Um, nevertheless, I will say this, even though they're in a tough spot, they must obey the law. Okay. Nobody's above the law is the point. Uh, and uh, they've been uh, attacking good people and putting them in jail for quite some time. Sam Gerard is one of the cases we've been working on for a long time, Sheriff. And we have some celebration discussion to happen right now, right? Yes, we do, Sam, and uh, I got a real touching call from him uh, just two days ago, and he was home with his family, and uh, they were celebrating, and he took the time uh, to call me, and I don't even know whose phone he was using. Uh, that's why he probably didn't have the phone with him this morning. Uh, I doubt if it's his, uh, but uh, he was... Uh, very grateful, uh, very Christian. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I, as I told you on the phone when we were trying to get him on with us today, he he didn't want to be on with us. He didn't want to be on the radio at all. And, and explain uh, the, the explain the the um, kind of the relevancy here of, of why it's not that he doesn't really want to be on the radio with us as people it's not right. that he doesn't like the show it's none of those things um it's a little more fundamental uh to him uh than that right correct in fact he would love to talk to you anytime uh he appreciates all that you and i tried to do i i feel and i told him i felt guilty that we didn't do more and he was extremely gracious about that and he has been, though, Sam, all along. It's not just because, oh, good, I'm happy now, and so I'm going to be nice to everybody because I'm finally out. He was that way even while he was in there. I spoke to him several times while he was in prison. And uh, he described the prison to me because it was an amazingly minimum, and I'm talking minimum security prison, because people who basically should not be in prison and they know are no risk are in these minimums, minimum security prisons. There's no fence. Uh, you could walk out if you wanted to. It wouldn't be hard at all. Uh, and th these are just people they know 
pose no danger to uh, anybody in the prison or to society. Uh, you know, of course, we could talk about why they have people in there that shouldn't be in there in the first place, but that's another story. Sam Gerard is a very Christian man. Uh, he, like I told you on the phone, he has not one smidgen, not one fraction of bitterness about this. And he said uh, he recognizes the corruption uh, that got him there. Uh, and he said going to prison taught him even more how corrupt the prison system is in America and, and many people around him who should not be in prison. And uh, he, he said, he said, I couldn't have got this education anyplace else. So he's, t- he's turning this huge lemon into a bucket of lemonade. And uh, he uh, is so gracious. But when I asked him to come on, he said he, he really preferred not being on. And I said, well, how about you just come on and, and, and give a thank you and tell everybody how grateful you are to be. Okay, I'll do that. But that was supposed to be tomorrow. So I don't know if he was going to have the phone with him then or not and didn't plan on it being. Yeah, and that's a little bit of my fault. I had a little bit of change in expectations and things, and I had yeah. to change the time and day. But uh, we want to bring up, he does give his thanks to everyone who listened, oh, yeah. everyone who's um, you know donated, everyone who's uh, in any way helped in his release and, and, and helped in this cause. He is very grateful. He's with his family. He's out of prison. It is a celebration big time. And, you know, there's a little bit of a difference between the Amish and the Amish, right? Uh, no, I didn't know there was an Amish. As far as I understand, there's two. There's a difference between the two. And well, I'm not. There's 15 different sects, S-E-C-T-S, of within the, even the Amish religion. Yeah, there's 15 different levels, and, and they're, they're different levels. They're different groups. They have slightly different beliefs, and uh, they have a, a, a range of restrictions or whatever you want to call them, guidelines based right. on the group. And I, I'm not here to tell you I'm an expert in it. And I, if I've said anything out of context or out of turn, I certainly don't mean to. I mean the utmost respect. Uh, I, I'm just I have limited understanding as part of the <laughs> sad yeah. issue on it. But the the reason that I'm bringing this up is because. These people, though, even though they have different groups and different uh, guidelines or whatever you want to call it, different expectations of their people or whatever, they, as a group, and and maybe I'm even wrong for putting them in a group, but uh, I'm doing the best that I can. They have some of the most humble, truly Christian people I have ever seen in my entire life. Uh, My interactions with them personally in many places, Pennsylvania, New York, Missouri. I mean, I could go on and on. I've met these people many, many times. And I'm telling you to a T, they are humble. They are hardworking. They are Christian to a fault. Uh, Not really to a fault, but you know what I mean. They are serious about this, folks. And it's real in their lives, Sheriff. It is written in the fleshy tablets of their hearts. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, they are. And even when uh, they had a mass shooting at one of the uh, Amish compounds, what, about 10 years ago? Yes, sir. Uh, And they made a movie about some of it and everything else that I watched that was very good. reached out to the shooter's family and told them how they forgive him and that they didn't blame them at all. And they they had a real cry session together. Uh, And these people really live the Christian religion. They live it every day. It's not about talk about it on Sunday and then go back to being uh, regular humans uh, during the week. No, 
they're not they're not the natural man. They are Christians through and through. Wow. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, a celebration and um, big hugs all around, I, Sheriff. I love being around them. I absolutely love it. If I if I were to just completely change and and uh, want to drop out of the society, the, our society, I would live with the Amish. And I wish there was a way that we could somehow blend our society with theirs to some degree and have the best of both worlds. You could have a much simpler life, a less connected life, a a day-to-day life which deals with people face-to-face and neighbors and loved ones and closer to the earth and farming. And you could almost have a blend if you worked at it hard enough. Turn off the TV and read books and the Bible together and, yeah. Oh, man, pretty soon America would be demanding their liberty if you did that, Sheriff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway. And they stay to their own, but if anybody needs help, they'll help anybody. And and that's how they are. They're they're just Christian. (laughs) And and let me say again, he did want me to thank everybody. And there's just gratitude in his heart. And uh, I'm telling you, the whole time I was talking to him, I was fighting back tears in my eyes. Uh, as soon as he, he called, I didn't know, I didn't recognize the number. And as soon as he said hello, I knew it was him. He has a very unique voice, uh, still a little bit of an accent. Uh, I think he is, his original language was German. But, uh, man, what a great guy, great family. I asked how his wife was doing. He, uh, he said that uh, she's just totally happy. Uh, she was sitting in the chair next to him right then. She's a very quiet woman, uh, but uh, a very spiritual woman, strong and quiet, and very grateful to all of us and grateful to have her husband home. And I haven't asked him yet if he's going to go back to making uh, uh, the chickweed salve, but uh, I'm going to uh, next chance I get. I feel like buying that company from him and having him work for me, so if anybody gets in trouble again, it would be me. You tell me how to help, sir. Okay. I'm telling you right now, I'm serious. If if yeah. we can get 50 of us together or 20 of us patriots together and run that, you know, hey, man, let's get it done. Yep. All right, there's a couple of stories I want to bounce off you, Sheriff, that aren't really related to the coronavirus exactly, but they're interesting stories nevertheless, and they relate to you because you're in the state of Arizona, a border state, and the headline says this, President Trump still wants to paint the U.S.-Mexico border wall black to make the barrier look more menacing, as well as hot to the touch in the summer, the Washington Post reported on Wednesday. (laughs) Now, the story goes on. It's a big old story, and they talked about a White House meeting in April, talking about the border wall, and Trump was telling Jared Kushner and others to move forward with the plans to paint the wall black. Other folks are saying, don't paint it black. It's too hard to maintain. It, It won't work very well. Border officials and military commanders believe it's a waste of time to paint it black. If they could keep the Golden Gate Bridge red every year, they can do that. Yeah. Well, President Trump believes it'll be harder for them to scale the fence this way. And um, anyway, there's some interesting details in the story. Then I want to get your take on this whole thing. Liberty Roundtable Live, the good Sheriff Richard Mack in seconds. 
a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Liberty is not free. Its costs are innumerable. Without monetary funding, the valiant efforts of freedom-loving Americans become diminished or outright defeated. We present a solution, the Give Me Liberty Fund. The plan is quite simple. Invite individual Americans to contribute less than a dollar a day. These monetary funds are used to promote liberty-minded media, organizations, events, candidates, movements, and speakers. In the spirit of transparency, all expenditures are published. Patriotic business owners provide discounted products and services to Give Me Liberty Fund members. Our greatest strength is in numbers. Go to GiveMeLibertyFund.com and become part of the solution today. GiveMeLibertyFund.com Participate in the peaceful restoration of the greatest and freest country in the world. So the bottom line is, despite most things being shut down during the coronavirus, it looks like the border wall construction has continued unabated. President Trump, they say, has about 15, uh, what is it, million dollars for this thing? Or is it billion? Anyway, I got to look that up. Crazy how much money they can spend. Nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless, I bring this up because he's got a lot of money and they say that he's been progressing and building the wall. Uh, big time and the debate is you know hey should he paint it black and is that valuable or not or whatever else and i guess what i'm saying is why not sheriff what's the what's the harm you'd say well it's more maintenance sam my response is the more the maintenance to some degree and i don't want to just spend a gazillion dollars on maintenance but if people are out there painting the fence and keeping an eye on things and other people are going by with border patrol and law enforcement and i kind of think the more focus on the border uh by the good guys the better yeah, I was going to say the same thing, because uh, they're going to be continuously trying to find ways to uh, blow holes in it, uh, of course, dig under it. Uh, I, hope, I hope the foundation of the wall goes, uh, you know, 50, 60, 70 feet below the ground, uh, because they, are, they have become very adept at uh, dr- drilling tunnels. Underneath the border. Yeah, they're better than Elon Musk at drilling them tunnels, buddy. Yeah, Musk talks about it. These guys get it done. A picture of me in one of those uh, uh, drug tunnels, Uh, and they're only about four feet high, so you have to kind of squat down in them. Uh, Some of them have pulleys in them that you get on them and you pull yourself across. You know, then they're only about 125, 150 feet long, 
but they're extremely intricate and uh, sophisticated, uh, and you, they put a lot of money in those tunnels. Uh, it, they're they're not just little holes down there where you're crawling through dirt. Uh, they're cement tunnels, uh, and really, really well done. Uh, their engineer, uh, the engineering behind them is uh, an amazing uh, feat. But but yeah, I don't you know paint the thing red, white, and blue. I don't care. Uh, paint it uh, turquoise. Uh, you know I, I really don't care. But uh, I do like the security uh, idea that you mentioned of constantly uh, maintaining the wall. Uh, that's going to help keep people away from it and stop the subterfuge. You know so. Anyway, I find that interesting, and I guess I'm just saying I like more peaceful good guys on the border. I like people starting to say, let's <clears throat> let's keep an eye on it. Let's make sure the paint's up to date and happening. Let's make sure there's no breaches. Let's, uh, And I guess I'm saying I don't really see why you would oppose President Trump on this, even if you don't think oh, – I don't think it's really that valuable. No. Are you really going to waste your time battling the president on what color the thing is? I mean, what on earth are we doing? We just got to oppose. And I'm not a 100% Trump supporter. Sheriff, I'm not. But you know what? I recognize the good that he does, and I recognize that he's trying hard. And I recognize and accept a lot of the good that he does. And I'm just saying, why? Even if you think, man, it won't do as much good as the president thinks it will. We're really going to battle him on the color that he makes the thing? I mean, what if it does get hot to the touch and it's harder to cross? I mean, I don't see how that's a bad thing. And they'll 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 bring their uh, gloves, I guess you know, and, uh, or a hot the hot pad you get in the oven with, you know. Yeah, I guess I'm just saying, you know, wow, I just I don't really get the debate or the battle though. But it is oh, interesting to me that it has continued even with the coronavirus shutdown. President Trump has continued on the border wall, and uh, you know what? I'm not totally a border wall guy either, but I will say this. He's been working hard to keep his promise, and even the mainstream press is admitting it. Yeah, and I think I think the, the I think the wall is uh, a good idea, but it's certainly not going to stop illegal immigration. But I do believe it's going to uh, discourage it, and I do believe that uh, it will have some benefit to America. Uh, but yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I've been looking at, you know, I compare the wall, though, to what we're doing at our school. Uh, we've been, uh, we've received funding to build a gymnasium. And it's also going to counter as, you know, drama. They're going to have plays in there. and So it, it, it's going to be for both, uh, drama and uh, sports. And, uh, you know, there's going to be a few classrooms in there, which I really like because I didn't have a classroom this year. I floated with. I, I'm, I'm a, a teacher who is a floater, and I go from one room to another to teach my classes only if a, that teacher has a free period during that time. So I literally teach in five different classrooms on all four floors within our school. And now we're building this huge gym, and I'm going, wow, they, start, they, they literally broke ground to start this huge project on a $5.5 million facility, and I'm going, man, we're barely making ends meet as it is, and we're going to put all that money into a gymnasium, and we don't even know when we're coming back to school. And uh, I thought financially and whatnot. And I think it just proves, Sam, uh, for the border wall or for a school 
new schools going up, and that's another thing. There's new schools going up in our area, and um, I said, you know what? If they want, if they want money, they always have money, and uh, if it, no one ever talks about, oh no, we can't afford that. Not when it comes to government. We can afford everything if they want it. There it is. Yeah, and I'm not really for the spending of or the increased money. You're right about all that. I would say, though, the reason they're doing the athletics is because in modern society, you've got to lead with athletics, believe it or not, it's some of the least expensive ways to get people to be interested in your school right. uh, and have people come to your school that you can't get with hardcore academics. Now, yesteryear, hardcore academics, or if you're looking for the Asian culture, the hardcore academics, get it. When you're talking about Americans, though, buddy, we're so bred in circus these days that you've got to have that or you're a nobody's school school and people just won't go and so i'm not defending it but i am here to explain it right that's what's going on and you can't blame them they're just going where the demand is and fulfilling that demand and anyway i digress except that's what's happening all right the final story before the end of the hour sheriff rand paul explains why he's quote free to go maskless Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, the senator. So the Senate opened up, even though everybody else is locked down. The Senate met a hundred people in one of the most, in my opinion, dangerous places for the coronavirus in the country. Nevertheless, hundred senators met. Everybody was masked and distancing and doing all this stuff. By the way, social distancing seems to be the most antisocial thing you can do. Nevertheless, he says he's free to go. Maskless senator says, "Hey." He doesn't need to wear a mask because he can't infect anyone. Why? Because he's already had the virus. He's got the antibodies. He's already been through it. He's healthy. In fact, he claims that he's the safest one in Washington, Sheriff. Yeah, I mean, if anybody should know, he should. He's a doctor. Uh, He went through uh, the quarantine and and, uh, the battle of the uh, virus, and he's won. And so, yeah, I think he's absolutely correct. Although you could say... The medical jury is still out on this a little bit. They really don't know how strong the antibodies are or if they stay or if it is for sure because they've been experimenting with getting the blood from some people who do have those antibodies to cure others, and now they're kind of dubious about that working. So, But here's what Rand Paul would say to that. We're making so many other decisions on lack of knowledge. Then right. why are you going to hold me because of lack of knowledge because of my decision? <laughs> And why are you cranking up a bunch of tests telling everybody they can get antibody tests? And that's the key to opening the country. See, you can't have it both ways. And he highlights this, right? Right, exactly. And if he were a Democrat, they'd be looking at it entirely differently also. Oh, my gosh. It's just like I don't even get it. But I commend I commend Rand Paul, though, because I think he's making a serious, serious point, which is whether you agree with the science or not, whether you agree with the good doctor or senator or not, whether you agree it's prudent or safe or responsible or whatever your views are on it, here's the question. Does a senator, a licensed physician, have the ability to choose if he wants to wear a mask or not in America, or does he not have that agency, that choice? And then, since we're not a nation of kings and rulers and you know, multi-class, whatever, okay, rights are equal to all, supposedly, then do I or you, Sheriff, have that same right? This is really putting it in front of them to force the discussion to a decision here, right? Well, that is one place where the President of the United States could make an executive order. He could say, all federal employees, while you're on duty, must wear a mask. 
and they would have to obey it. That is where federal... Because you're talking about the 10-mile square, right? Exactly. And he's in charge of that, and he has jurisdiction over every federal employee as far as work-related issues are concerned. Where he can't, and the presidents have missed the boat on this, is executive orders go to everybody in the country. No. No, they don't. They go, he is in charge, he's the CEO of all federal employees, and he can control that building, and he can say, that's a federal building, everybody who is a boy in there must do this. Would everybody obey it? No. And and could he put him in jail? No. And can he fire a senator? No. So he can just make those rules and regulations for those, how they would enforce that. Who knows? Maybe the Capitol Police would start going after senators. Um, but no, you know. But it's that is, my point is, that's the only place executive orders have any real merit. Uh, very interesting. Uh, what do you think? you think that they're just going to let Rand Paul run around without a mask? Well, I think they'll continue to complain, but I also uh, think, uh, just like every other American, it's up to him. And what about this, too, Sam? The airlines are now requiring that you wear it the entire time. Some are. The entire time you're on a flight. So you're on the flight six hours, and you have to keep a mask on that long? Do you know what you're breathing in? You're breathing in... Your exhaled, exhaled air. Yeah, that's why that one poor lady driving her car with a mask on literally passed out and crashed her car. Yeah. And then they had the audacity to say, when you're alone, don't put your mask on in your car. But when you have people with you, do. And so the question becomes, so when you have more people in the car, you can kill everybody, but otherwise don't? I mean, what? Yeah, was, the guidelines are nutcase, sir. Same thing with, the, same thing with being on a plane. Uh, you're literally going to make somebody that for what uh no and and that can make people sick and it can make people faint because you're not getting enough oxygen so yeah uh, all right the debate's out folks and out. my problem isn't that people have different opinions about this my problem is some people believe that their opinions are the only opinions and if you have a different view you're irresponsible you're killing everybody you have blood on your hands you this you that you're selfish you're and we go back to what the judge said to this poor lady that opened up her uh, salon. You're selfish. You're going to jail. This is serious repercussions, and a big divide is happening in America that's going to outlast this current pandemic, if you can even call it that. I think it's a propagandemic, but that's another topic. Well, I think it has shown this, Sam, and, and I'll make this my last comment on your show today. We, we have a corruption pandemic in this country, and it is showing more and more and more every day, especially during this time of crisis. And we also have the panic press peddling the porn uh, of fear. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not impressed with them. Uh, I, I certainly believe Trump is a better person than almost all the media people. Amen to that. I, for one, am a faith over fear guy. I'm a guy that believes in God, family, and country, and the protection of life, liberty, and property. And you know what? I believe this nation shall endure. I get that we'll have hard times. I get that it might not be pleasant. I get that we need to turn to our God for protection. But I also get that this is the greatest country on the face of the earth. And I say to you, we can and will restore our grand old republic. Get involved, make it a great day, choose the right. God save the Republic of the United States of America.